Hello and welcome to another episode of Holy Crap It Sports with Pete Davis, episode number three for April 9th, 2019. It's a lovely Tuesday afternoon here in Atlanta, GA. Thunderstorms moving in. So everybody, I hope you're having a great time out there. we got a lot to talk about tonight. In fact, we're going to talk about what's going on around the major leagues, some news uh, injuries and stuff like that, plus some interesting things from the games today. Also, I'm going to go down uh, my partial list of broadcasters that I hate to hear in baseball and those that I love to hear. And I'd like, also like to hear from you about this. You can reach me with your favorite sportscasters or the reasons why you hate them, and those are always much more fun, aren't they? Pete Davis one. That's the number one. Pete Davis one at yahoo.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Davis one. Once again, just the number Pete Davis one on Twitter. Well, our drink of the day is good old Foster's oil can, which actually tastes like oil, but looks good in your hand and kids guaranteed to destroy a mailbox if hurled out of a fast moving vehicle. So Check it out, will you? I understand that KB Lager is a much better Australian beer, but Foster's is what everybody knows, so let's roll with it. Well, we got a lot of stuff going on. Let's start. David Dietrich watching the home run going into the river there in Pittsburgh. Dietrich, a former Georgia Tech star, played with the Marlins. Kind of a, uh, He's basically Craig Council. Look at him. He looks just like and acts like he's a pain-in-the-butt player like Craig Council, kind of like Descalso is. Uh, kind of pain-in-the-butt. Well, he was a pain-in-the-butt in Chris Archer the uh, Pirates ace and his side because basically Dietrich hit one in the river. I don't know if it was the Monongahela or the uh, Allegheny or it's the Ohio at that point, probably the Ohio. But anyway, he hit it in the river and he just kind of stood there. And everybody's like, well, you can't stand there. Well, yeah, he can. The problem is he stood there a little too long. Uh, Greg Amsinger was whining about an MLB uh, network about, well, you can't throw at somebody after they do that. It's a human being. You can't throw at a human being. He threw three feet behind him. He wasn't throwing at his head, Archer. Come on. So MLB suspends Pirate starter Chris Archer, who, by the way, is a showboat himself, for five games. He's going to appeal. Meanwhile, Redlegs outfitter Yasil Puig, who absolutely nutted up in the fight that ensued after Archer threw behind Dietrich or somebody else, I guess, gets only two games, which is an absolute joke once again. Things had calmed down before the perpetually pouty Puig started it all up again and looked like a berserker out there, like he was a Viking ready to take someone's head off. Meanwhile, Reds manager David Bell got a one-game suspension. Uh, they were also fined, and it looks like Puig and Bell are going to serve theirs out. Well, um, well, since it's five games, Chris Archer is going to appeal. Being a pitcher, that doesn't hurt him as bad. Cubs ace John Lester has found himself on the 10-day injured list after pulling his left hammy. And no, that's not a euphemism. And their win over Pittsburgh on Monday, he got it running the bases. Uh, I think it was an 0-2 count he got a hit on, too. He'll uh, split the gap. He'll miss one to two starts at least. Lester tweeted, now here's a great tweet. Sometimes when you have elite speed, these things can happen. The 35-year-old Lester has never had leg trouble before. At least that's his story, and he's sticking to it. Well, not such good news for the Indians and reliever Mike Clevenger. He's on the 10-day IL. I like that. We call that. Now, remember this DL? Uh, for disabled list, well, now it's the injured list. Uh, he's got a back injury, Clevenger does. Uh, the right-hander won't even pick up a baseball for six to eight weeks. It's a muscle strain, and manager Francona says it's significant, so he could be out for a while. Uh, eight weeks is a while. Tuesday's game in Fenway Park. Today 
it was the basically I think it was the home opener for the Red Sox, the struggling world champion Sox, and an auspicious one for another reason. Today's game, the first time two Puerto Rican managers will face off in a game uh, between the Blue Jays' Charlie Montoya and Boston's Alex Cora. So congratulations to those two gentlemen. It's also the return of both Sox second baseman Dustin Pedroia, and he's playing pretty well from last I checked. Uh, the Red Sox were losing 5-4. to four. Uh, Pedroia is recovering from injuries that held him to only three games all of last season. The 35-year-old has had some knee problems. By the way, I think... Uh, Guriel Jr. stole home in that game today and stole it off Chris Sale. Chris Sale not uh, having a very good outing today and frankly looked a little frustrated out there. The Red Sox starters have been atrocious so far this 2019 uh, season and uh, didn't get off to such a good start today. But last I checked, they were only down by one run. Now on to the really sad news in baseball. Poor Chris Davis. The Orioles player set the ignominious, I don't know what that means, but it sounds really good, the ignominious record of going 0 for 47. Uh, that's impossible. Just if you put the bat on the, bo- the ball, yeah, the bat on the ball, and the other way around didn't work either, it's, it's going to fall in. It's going to get between two people. Something's going to happen. It's going to land. It's going to be a hit. You cannot possibly. And now, he didn't touch the ball all 47 at-bats, but he put it in play a lot. In fact, uh, when he set the record, he's now 0 for 49, I believe. When he set the record, the last two at-bats I saw, he hit uh, pretty good line drives, but they were right at the right fielder and the left fielder. And uh, the poor guy, he broke the record set by Eugenio Velez, for the longest hitless streak by a position player. Velez did it over two seasons back in 2010 and 2011 for the Giants and the Dodgers. It looked like fate was finally going to smile on Davis, no relation, when the A's first baseman dropped a sure out on a foul ball that Chris had popped up. But then he flew out. Both times he hit the ball, hit it well, but right at an outfielder. At last look, he's 0 for 49 going into tonight's game. And frankly, what he needs to do is be traded or let go or something. He needs to go start on another team, probably in South Korea. So how bad is this? Well, Chris Davis's last hit came September 14th of last year against the equally washed-up pitcher, James Shields. Did you hear that only 7,000 fans bothered to show up for the O's game in Baltimore? 7,000 in Baltimore. I guess that's what happens when the old socialist owns your team. What a horrible position for such a great historic franchise. The franchise of Brooks Robinson and Paul Blair and Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, Mike Cuellar, Earl Weaver. Oh, my God. You can just go on and on and on. Boo Powell. Merv Rettmond, even. Rettmond, even. Uh, Now they're having 7,000 people show up. And what a beautiful ballpark. If you ever get a chance to get up there, get up there. It changed everything in baseball when they built that ballpark. Moving on, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies misplayed two balls in right field on Monday night's loss to the Braves. Uh, on the first one, he was bouncing in front of him, and he let it go right past him. He should have got it. It wasn't a bad hop or anything. It just went right past him. He took his eye off the ball. And so what do you think he did after that? Did he, A, turn around and run like hell to get to the ball before the player circled the bases? Or did he, B, do what most major league players do when they make a mistake like that, lollygag to the ball Charlie Blackman turned and let's just say wasn't putting out I think full effort to chase down the ball you know why because it doesn't look cool when you're running your butt off because you've made a mistake 
At least that's what it looked like. That, those were the optics, and they were not good optics at all on that. Meanwhile, the Braves' Ronald Acuna hit an opposite field home run to the second deck in Denver last night. And Dansby Swanson is looking like the number one pick the Diamondbacks chose before trading him to the Bravos. He gives Hall of Famer Chipper Jones credit for helping him with his stroke, and he's off to a great start. And he made another great play in the field. He's going for a, a, a gold glove out there, it seems. One more... Uh, Remark on Charlie Blackman, too. He later misplayed a fly ball in right field and just flat out dropped it. So I don't know what was going on with him. I was watching the Dodgers game late last night, and Max Muncy came on the screen. The Dodgers are just killing the ball. It's all kinds of home run records so far. And Max Muncy looks exactly like a lycanthrope. Or if you didn't see the Kate Beckinsale vampire movies, Underground or Underworld or whatever, uh, Max Muncy looks like a werewolf. In fact, he looks like Eddie Munster from the Munsters. You can look that one up, kids. Uh, this one was funny, a TMZ report that uh, caught my eye. Here's the headline. MLB's Joey Gallo and No More Mazzara celebrate home run with double crotch grab. Both of these boys play for the Texas Rangers. The Rangers not going anywhere this year, so I guess they got to get news somewhere. Here's the story from TMZ. How did Rangers superstars Gallo and Mazar celebrate a home run on Sunday? With the double crotch grab. It all went down in the second inning in Anaheim uh, against the Angels this weekend when Gallo hit a bomb to deep right against the Halos that plated his teammate Mazzara. When Gallo rounded the bases and made it back home, the two celebrated with some low fives and a big handful of each other's crotches. Weirdly enough, neither player was asked about the secret handshake after the game. What were the, what was the so-called press doing after that game? Uh, it sure seems like this was a planned deal between the two, and uh, ironically, uh, both players have two balls on them. I don't know about strikes, but that's the uh, last time someone checked. Uh, so it's not too early. Let's get to the, uh, to the meat of the show today. To, uh, by the way, it's time for a swallow. Let's drink up Shriners. Remember, it's the Foster's Oral Can today. Mm-mm-mm. I'm drinking a little Deer Park mixed with um, rye whiskey. But anyway, not too early to start deciding who sucks and who doesn't when it comes to baseball broadcasters. We're barely two weeks into the season, and some of them are already on my nerves. Brock Meyer aside, let me know your favorites and those you can't stand. And like I said, on Twitter, you can follow me at Pete Davis one or you can email me, uh, PeteDavis1 at yahoo.com. I want to know what you think about your local broadcasters. And uh, I'll be doing my local ones, not today, but in another show, uh, my local Braves broadcasters, because, hey, I no longer work for the flagship station. I can pretty much say what I want. Anyway, which I could anyway before. Uh, Let's see. I was watching the Toronto-Boston game today. Reminded how much I despise Dave O'Brien of the Red Sox. I don't know anybody who likes this guy. I don't know how he keeps getting jobs. I think he's worked for the Marlins. He's worked for the Braves. And uh, now he's... It was ESPN, wasn't it? Now he's working up there in Boston. This guy sucked when he did the Braves. And I think Skip Carey ran him out of town. At least he should have. Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy on Nesson were my favorite. Those guys were a great team. They knew their baseball, and they kept it fun. They kept it lively. And for some reason, the idiots, <laughs> what are they, cumulus? Uh, running Nesson decided to um, fire Don Orsillo. I still don't know what the reason was for that. And uh, Don has landed on his um, 
on his feet because he's now in beautiful San Diego doing a great job for the Padres, or at least he was last time I checked. Uh, back to uh, Boston here. I love Jerry Remy. I like Jerry Trupiano. Uh, I've liked all those guys a lot. Or Silla, of course, in San Diego. And speaking of the Padres, the man who keeps John Sterling from being the worst broadcaster in baseball is Ted Leitner. Ted Leitner, fake smarmy, never shuts up, never lets the other guy talk, full of himself, ego the size of Milo Hamilton with none of the talent. I, I'm Ted Leitner. Let me tell you about myself. Well, enough about me. What do you think about me? I'm Ted Leitner. I lived out in San Diego in the 80s, and this guy was just a, bit, a two-bit TV sportscaster who was somehow managed to talk his way into a bad franchise's good graces. He literally makes San Diego look like a minor league town. He did it back in the 80s, and he still does. I don't know how this guy has kept his job. Well, yeah, I do, because uh, this country for the last 50 years has been in love with mediocrity, uh, now more than ever. I miss Dick Enberg. I'm sure he was slipping a little bit at the end. I don't care. I miss Dick Enberg, who he grew up watching that on Sunday afternoons or whatever, the uh, sports challenge, and you have the, the 1957 Yankees against the 1967 Green Bay Packers, and they were both dumber and hammers. Tom Hamilton of WTAM Cleveland. You know, Tom would be okay if he didn't scream on every pop-up. He makes Phil Rizzuto of the money store sound like Red Barber. You know, Phil, it's a long drive to left field on oh, the shortstop has it. Uh, look up, Phil, and Red Barber, kids. Uh, I was listening to WTAM the other day, and for several minutes I heard their team bitch. Get this. They bitched about the cherry blossoms in Seattle. They bitched about missing Chief Wahoo, but bitching that the Braves have an Indian face on their bleachers. Then they bitched about how they're going to end the season, the Indians, without getting to use their precious designated hitter. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Kind of like what I'm doing now. But not once did I hear a score or who was playing, or where the damn ball was. Kind of reminds me of a local broadcaster here in Atlanta, but that's for a later day. On to the Reds. I've come to like Tom Brenneman, but his geezer dad is overrated. I know this has come as a shock to you Reds fans out there, and all Cincinnati will now march down here and want to picket my apartment. But Marty is in his last year in the booth, and can we start the party now? After years of having Harry Carey and personality out the Yang in Wrigley Field, despite the human quaalude known as Steve Stone in the booth, the Cubs have decided they need to bore their audience into comas with Jim Deshays and, frankly, the other guy who's so boring that when I remember his name, I fall asleep at the wheel and drive off the road. I don't remember his name. I don't want to remember his name. These guys are hellaciously boring. And how about that Mike Shannon of the Cardinals? Mike Shannon of the Cardinals. Actually, I've come to like Mike Shannon. I used to make fun of him. I don't anymore. You know why? He's like the last tether line to stand the man and how the game used to be played. I kind of like to hear Mike's uh, stories there. Um, and I kind of like the old man in Kansas City. His name escapes me. I guess I should have done a little prep for this. But anyway, I heard this guy in Kansas City say something so racist about Jackie Robinson a few years ago that I'm sure he'd be fired on the spot, but he's still there. Now, I, I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant it as racist. But what he said was something, oh, my God. If he'd have said it here in Atlanta or if he'd have said it in New York, all hell would have broken loose. Anyway, by the way, congratulations once again. Uh, 45 years to the day yesterday on Monday, April 8th, that Hank Aaron, the greatest home run hitter of all time, uh, by number, 755, hit 
number 715, to pass Babe Ruth. And, of course, Babe Ruth uh, spent a lot of years pitching, so he probably would have had 800 or more, kind of like Ted Williams if Ted hadn't gone off the war. But Babe would probably had 800 around there, a little, maybe a little more if he hadn't uh, played uh, pitcher so much in his first few years with the Red Sox. But I don't care. Hank Aaron is now, and don't give me the Barry Bond stuff, please. Don't even start with the Barry Bond stuff. Hank Aaron is the true and legitimate home run king. Michael Kay makes up for John Sterling up there with the Yankees. By the way, Sterling sucked with the Hawks here in Atlanta. He sucked with the Braves. But there he is with the Yankees. Next time a New Yorker brags to you about how they have the best of everything up there in Gotham, just point out that John Sterling does the Yankees play-by-play. And, and along with that Susan somebody whose voice makes me long for a dentist drill in my ear canal, John Shambi on TV is great on ESPN, especially with Rick Sutcliffe and Tim Kirkchen, even though John disagrees with my tweets from time to time. Doesn't know who I am, but uh, I know who he is and I enjoy it. On another podcast, I'm going to break down the MLB Network guys and maybe the ESPN people as well. Boy, would I love to handle the hiring and firing at the MLB Network. Boy, I, half of them would be out the door right now. Uh, yeah, you know who you are. Gary Thorne is great in Baltimore, making that sucky team sound better. He was a good hockey guy, too. I know I'm forgetting so many, and I do like a lot of the broadcasters. It doesn't sound like it, but I do. Today, I just wanted to gripe. And this is just a day to throw shade because I woke up, couldn't get the Wi-Fi to hook up with the new printer. I want to thank Hewlett-Packard for having the world's most useless troubleshooting guy. You're about as helpful as a TSA agent finding your grandmother. Uh, but uh, the printer's working fine now. I just had to plug it in and uh, forget all about Wi-Fi. So I guess I'm going to act like it's 1997 instead of... 2019. Thank you, HP. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give my old punching bag, Braves righty Luke Jackson, some love. Luke has actually strung together several scoreless innings. I know. What's next? Chris Davis getting a hit? Let's not go crazy. Now for some Pete's tweets. One of my favorite, favorite parts of the show since I haven't done the um, this day in baseball history today. We're just going to replace it with Pete's tweets. Shame on the Braves for having that race-baiting, cow-marrying idiot John Legend out as some kind of hero to be lauded and applauded. Legend has never seen a bad situation in this country he couldn't inflame, and his wife has never seen a cream puff she couldn't jam in her jowls. Just my opinion, we welcome yours. And for the polar opposite of John Legend in his own mind, Kudos to Braves broadcaster Paul Byrd for noticing Atlanta reliever Wes Parson's father is a U.S. Special Forces helicopter pilot who taught Wes how to stay calm under pressure. Mark Bowman of MLB.com tweets that when the Marlins were in Atlanta, former Braves manager and now Miami third base coach Freddie Gonzalez, as well as former Braves player and now a Marlin himself, Martin Prado, took time to visit ailing Hall of Famer Bobby Cox in the hospital. Cox is recuperating from a stroke, as you know, and Bowman wrote, he lit up when Freddie and Martine entered the room. Prayers for Bobby to have a quick and full recovery. Andrew Simon tweeted that Braves utility man and Dansby Swanson doppelganger Charlie Culberson has the highest batting average with runners in scoring position since 2016 with a 395 average. And guess who's number two? You, you never guess. You can win a bet with this right now. Nationals ace Max Scherzer is second at 367. Runners in scoring position. This is with a minimum of 50 at-bats for the last three seasons, four seasons now, starting 2019. Uh, Christopher Comka tweets that the Cubs have been around since 1876. 
Well, this is the first time they've ever scored 10-plus runs in five of their first 10 games, and they still got swept in Atlanta. Anthony Williams tweets that Ronald Acuna Jr. has hit 29 home runs in his young career. 15 of them, more than half, have given the Braves the lead. Well, this is another time. And By the way, I've got the windows open today, so you might hear some city soundscapes like ambulances and police. And um, I live in a small burg of Sandy Springs, which means Sandy Springs has more police per capita than I think Hell's Kitchen in New York. Uh, anyway, also a fire truck will go by as well. And you'll hear some sounds from the cafe downstairs as well. So a lot of cityscapes. I did this because the last one I did sounded a little tinny. We're going to a little doing, moving around with the microphone and even the studio to get the best thing. So podcast is going to improve, believe me. Uh, I leave you with this from Gary on Twitter. He posted a quote from former Mets philosopher Mookie Wilson, and I quote, When I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me. Then I can believe in me. And then I bust out. End quote. Mookie Wilson. Yeah, right on cue. Thank you. little horn there. Listen to Holy Crap at Sports Podcasts on iTunes and Facebook and Twitter. Give me a review, up or down. I always enjoy the feedback. Just spell the name right. I looked the show up on iTunes uh, last night, and it was listed right next to a podcast called In Bed with Dr. Sue, a show about sexual fetishes. So at least I'm in a good neighborhood. Well, that's it for another episode of Holy Crap at Sports with Pete Davis. That's me. So everybody have a lovely evening. See you in a day or two, and drink up, Shriners.